you're passionate about transforming retail operations and improving performance, plus you're accountable for key change projects and programs in your company, then you're in the right place. Welcome to the Retail Transformation Show with me, Oliver Banks. Hey, hey, how are you doing today? It's Oliver Banks here and welcome to episode six of the Retail Transformation Show. This week, we're diving into something slightly more actionable and it's one of my favorite topics actually. Now, if you've listened to episode two, then you'll know I'm quite passionate, very passionate really, about Lean Six Sigma. And this is one of my favorite aspects. Today, we're going to explore finding and eliminating the waste in your retail operation. Now, this is a critical element for transforming retail operations. And by waste, let's just be clear before we really kick off. What we're not talking about here is not just trash. It may be some, some elements of sort of waste that you need to dispose of. But the big thing here is process waste. So this is looking at an operation, at a process, at a procedure, and looking at whether it is adding customer value or not. If it is, that's really good. If customers would pay for it, that's what you want. If customers wouldn't pay for it, is it really essential? Is it actually wasting time? Is it wasting money? Is it wasting effort? Is it wasting attention and focus? If it is wasting any or all of these things, it's taking your eye off what you really need to be doing to add value to customers and ultimately add value to your business. So in today's episode, I've got several different types of waste that you should look out for including the telltale signs and how they can actually proliferate, how they can encourage further waste to happen. And that, as you already are getting the idea, that's not a good place to be in. But where does all of this waste come from? No one designs an operation, designs a process or a procedure to be a waste of time or waste of effort, right? But what does happen is the operation and the business evolves. Parts of the operation grow organically and processes get bolted on as time goes by. However, these processes soon start to get fat. Duplication occurs. People aren't thinking about the full end-to-end process. You have new technology come into play which can automate elements or can simplify elements. The other big thing that happens is that what the business cares about moves on. And no one is taking a holistic view to update all the processes and procedures as time develops. Why? Quite frankly, because it's a hassle. It's complicated. There are lots of things to do. And of course, in a retail business, there's always a million other priorities. So what happens? The process stays as it is and waste starts to be created. What I sometimes see as I'm looking at different retail operations is a bit like lost the TV show Lost. I'm not sure if you remember that, where a plane crashed onto an island and you had a number of survivors. Now, in one of the series, they found a hidden bunker on this island with someone inside that had to press a button. They had to put in a sequence into a computer and press a button every 108 minutes. Do you remember this? Did you watch Lost? I watched a bit of it. I got a bit 
lost along the way, I have to be honest. But this episode was great. So they had to push this button every 108 minutes. Or I think it was something like the world would blow up or there was some massive consequence. And no one questioned it. Every single 108 minutes you had to do the sequence and you had to you had to press the button. And then what happened is the survivors came into the bunker and they continued the process. They continued to press the button every 108 minutes without really understanding why they were doing it, but just knowing that it was really important to do. Now, do you have processes like this where perhaps you're not 100% sure on why it needs to be done, but just that it does need to be done? Maybe it's not every two hours like in, in this lost episode, but I am sure you have some heritage processes that have lost their way, but continue to be done. This is a classic example of waste in a business process. So how do you spot where the wastes are in your processes? Well, today I want to introduce you to a lean concept called Tim Wood. These are seven different types of waste that you can easily spot. And I've got a few bonus ones on top of these seven types as well. As a bit of backstory, these seven types uh, are quite widely recognized in the manufacturing industry. They originated from Toyota, who were the originators of lean thinking. Now, as part of what they called the Toyota production system, they focused on eliminating waste from their processes. They call it muda. That's waste in Japanese. And they were really focused on eliminating all of this muda from their processes. And they identified seven different types of waste. And we now know these, in English, as Tim Wood. It's an acronym, so let me take you through it. So let's kick off with T, just like I kick off the day, actually, to be honest. Let's kick off with T, transport. This is moving materials and stock, which takes time and energy. Now, not all transport is a waste. So let me refocus you on what I mentioned earlier. Would a customer pay for it? Would a customer pay for you to take stock from the stockroom and bring it out to the shop floor for them to buy? Yes, they would pay for that sort of transport. Would they pay you to take it back to the stockroom and then to move it around a bit and then to bring it back out once again? No, they're not going to pay you for that. Some of these wastes are good, but some are wasteful. So look at, would a customer pay for it? Would a customer value it? Now, every time you transport some materials or stock, there is a significant chance that you'd damage it, that you'd lose it, or that you could actually injure um, people as well. Now, every time you move one piece of stock into a stockroom, of course, you're not going to get an injury or you're not going to damage it. Every little piece you do increases those chances, and that could be a world of pain later on. So examples that you can look out for in your retail operation where waste transport could be happening are where stock's being dragged out for replenishment and dragged back into the stockroom at the end of the day, where stock actually within that replenishment process is being moved around multiple times, where stock in warehouses is being relayed or reorganized or even on the shop floor as well let's be honest it could be where products are being moved around working out where they should go and it could be and this is my personal favorite out of all of the different wastes double handling 
In fact, at home, in the Banks household, we even have a nickname for this waste. That's right, I am a total lean geek, it turns out. We call this the double move, where something is being moved multiple times, and that is a form of waste even we as a family are keen to eliminate. So please make sure you're killing all of your transport waste. The next waste is inventory, I for inventory. And this will ultimately lead to some transportation waste as well, and we'll get onto that. So this is where you have excessive materials, excessive stock holding, when it's not needed right now. These materials and stock get in the way, but they also form other wastes, as I just mentioned. It ties up working capital, which could of course otherwise be invested into other areas of the business where it could be more valuable, or of course be more beneficial to the bottom line. Now in retail, inventory is quite easy to see, it's quite visible. And generally, people understand that high stock levels results in a lot of hassle, it results in moving stock around transportation. It results in not being able to find the stock for customers. And of course, all of this inventory needs to be stored safely and securely. So you could also be wasting warehouse space or additional storage space. So a few examples in a retail setting that you can look out for where you might have excessive inventory are, of course, those full stockrooms, those full warehouses where you can't actually access or even find the stock that you need. You may see multiple elements where stock's being moved around, either just to find a place for it or to be able to access other stock. You can also look out for high levels of stock for goods not for resale. This is things like plastic bags, till roll, cleaning equipment. And finally, another telltale sign is if you're finding a lot of damaged goods in your warehouse or where it's so old it's, it's gone out of date or it's gone out of fashion because it's been stored for too long without being actioned. Next up in our Tim Wood acronym, we have M, and M stands for motion. This is where people are moving around, but not actually getting things done. Movement of people does not add value to the process. Would a customer pay for you to be walking around? Nope. Now this is particularly common in retail stores, and generally, the bigger the store, the more motion waste there is. There are larger distances to travel, so journeying from stockroom to the shop floor, or even around the fixtures on the shop floor, can add huge distances, adding up to many miles per day. Motion waste could also be within a place doing a process or a procedure, but I'm doing a lot of motion just to be able to do that. My workstation is not laid out just as I need it to be efficient and effective. And again, that's what customers are not going to be paying for. So some examples of motion waste are poorly designed workstations resulting in more bending, more reaching, or more steps within the same process step. That's footsteps, I mean. It could include traveling to a location in store multiple times each time to do a different task. It could be switching tasks excessively, resulting in moving between locations to get different equipment or to access different tools, traveling to a printer, traveling to get a, a scanner, something like that. And of course, walking from A to B 
without carrying or moving anything else. And that is what you tend to see quite a lot of. So how could you eliminate those extra empty walking actions? The next waste is waiting. So we've done T-I-M-W, W for waiting. This is unwanted delays when work still needs to be done. Now, this could be when stock is not available, when people or equipment are busy and you need to wait around until they become available. It all leads to idle time and delays. Generally, it's happening when processes and people are interacting. It's essential to sync up handovers so no waiting time happens. Now, there will, of course, be some elements of waiting. You won't be able to completely eliminate this. But too much waiting results in, and I'm sure you've probably felt this yourself, too much waiting results in frustration, boredom, chatting, checking your phone, all these sorts of elements. So examples to look out for in your retail operation are looking at late deliveries, waiting around until a delivery arrives so you can crack on with replenishment, hanging around on hold whilst trying to get through to call centres. That could be an IT call centre, it could be a customer service call centre, a supplier call centre. And finally, and this again is one of those ones you see really quite often, but it can seem invisible, waiting for slow computers and slow IT systems, where it's just taking an age to get something really basic done. Would the customers pay you for that? Nope. Next up, we've got two O's. So the first of these is over-processing, doing more than what's good enough. More processing leads to excessive perfection when it's really just not needed. Could be over-complicated processes. Could be excessive polishing of something. The telltale signs to look out for in a retail environment are doing extra checks, just in case, doing lots of different levels of checking to make sure that things are working getting excessive or unnecessary levels of sign-off or approvals on a particular output or activity, high levels of facing up that customers just don't care about. I'm sure you've seen people in supermarkets twisting all of the products around to face outwards. Do customers really want that? You'd need to, you'd need to do the insight to check. But generally, this is a form of waste that customers are not going to want to pay for. Another good example of this type of waste is over-the-top packaging that takes a lot of time to get the product ready. You've got to unwrap it, you've got to debox it, and you know, take bags off and so on and so on. The next O is overproduction, which you can see in a retail business, of course. It's all a waste of time and money to produce more than is needed. Without really understanding the volumes that customers are going to require, of any particular SKU or product line, you risk creating more than you sell. And that wastes materials, it wastes time, and increases lots of other types of waste that we've already spoken about. You know, more transportation, more inventory, etc. Plus, of course, it can result in needing to dispose of unsold or unsaleable stock, throwing things in the bin, creating literal waste. And that's a good telltale sign. Look in the trash, look in the rubbish and the recycling bins. What are the common themes? Do you see a particular type of products in there very frequently? Do you find particular product lines or particular product SKUs 
being reduced down to clear through excessive stock too regularly. Examples of this type of waste are where you have high stock orders in the hope that you'll sell them through, but you end up discounting them. You could find yourself producing fresh products at the wrong time. And of course, slightly more abstract, but where you're collecting data and never using the information. It takes time to collect that data to process it. But if you're never taking action, that is where you are overproducing data and insight that you just don't need and customers won't pay you for. Now, the final waste is D, and D stands for defects. Arguably, this is the worst waste of them all, particularly in a retail setting, because it proliferates and encourages all of the other Tim Wood wastes. Errors create waste. The initial error wastes time and money. But what then happens is that there needs to be rework or reproduction. And what happens here is there's a tendency to add in elements like extra checking. There's going to be more transport, more movement, more motion. And all of these are wastes that we've already discussed today. So examples of defects could be, of course, product defects. And you could have a defect, a product defect that you find, your own retail operation finds and can resolve, which creates rework, but it stops it. Or you could have a product defect that a customer finds. And that creates more hassle because a customer is now disappointed in your brand, in your retail operation. That means they will come back and they will have to talk to a member of your staff by email, by phone, whatever that looks like. But that is more effort, more focus that you're putting into customer service. And absolutely, you should do this because you've disappointed that customer. But if you prevented that defect from happening in the first place, then you wouldn't need to. Again, think, would a customer pay to have to return their product? No, no, of course they wouldn't. Other defect examples are stock record inaccuracy, where you then lead to out of stocks or poor availability or excessive stockholding, excessive inventory. Pricing errors, which lead to either missed sales because the customer thinks that a product is too expensive when actually you're happy to sell it at a lower price. Or of course, where you're leaving money on the table and you're displaying product at a price less than it should be. And of course, you run the risk of disappointing customers if it's priced in at £10 or $10, 10 euros, and they get to the checkout and the price is actually £15 or dollars or euros, whatever. That is not going to give the customer a good impression of your retail operation. Those are the seven wastes, the Tim Wood wastes. So we had transportation, inventory, motion, waiting, over-processing, overproduction and defects. Other types of waste are common as well. Sometimes you'll hear Tim Wood, the, the acronym Tim Wood being referred to as Tim Woods, where the S stands for skills or specialism. Now this is a waste where you see highly paid staff members doing easy time-consuming jobs, where you see managers doing replenishment on the shop floor. That is not good use of your skills or your specialism. Could be where admin skills or admin tasks, I beg your pardon, take a lot of effort, but they need specialists. Not anyone can do it. It has to be 
this particular person because they're highly trained at using a particular system and knowing the ways of working. You can also find behavioural waste. This is where your company culture results in more waste. Examples and telltale signs here in a retail setting are where change is not being adopted. And you've probably heard some of these things because we've always done it this way, because that's the way we do it here. Your culture can, of course, lead to excessive turnover, staff turnover and absenteeism and sickness. And all of these take up more waste, whether you've got to re-recruit people, whether you've got to go through HR processes to deal with staff challenges, whether it's even just sitting and and taking in people calling in sick every day and working out how you're going to re-rotor and re-plan the day. Now, of course, you can't stop all of your sickness and absenteeism and turnover, staff turnover, that is, don't stop your sales turnover. You can't stop all of that. But what you can do is having a culture that supports it. Listen to your colleagues, listen to what's upsetting them. If they're getting stressed out, if they're finding that they're not enjoying work, what is it you can do to change that and to improve it so that you don't waste time dealing with all of those challenges around re-recruitment and so on? Another example of behavioural waste is micromanaging staff and activities. This is where, of course, you're spending a lot of time standing over someone, essentially telling them how to do their job. And a final example for you is where store staff are spending lots of time preparing for a royal visit, so to speak. This is a senior leader in the retail organization that are coming in to visit. And the store team spend a lot of time polishing and tidying and sorting things out, getting ready for the senior leader doing things that they wouldn't do for a customer. Would a customer really want that to be the case? I think you know the answer now, right? So what we've got here are many different types of waste that you can use to identify ways of improving and transforming your retail operation. Now, we've been through quite a few here. And what I've prepared for you today is a special cheat sheet that summarizes the whole of today's discussion and the outputs. So you can pick up this cheat sheet for free from obandco.uk slash 006. That's obandco.uk slash 006. And on that page, you can get a free cheat sheet sent through to your inbox. Now, once you understand the lean concept of waste, you can really start to find it and eliminate it. Remember, would a customer pay for this? Look at those Tim Wood examples of the waste, as well as the extra couple of bonus ones that I gave you towards the end there. If you've not already subscribed to the podcast, please make sure you hit subscribe now. And don't forget to go and sign up for that cheat sheet where you can get all of these different types of wastes downloaded to your inbox so you can remember to keep a track of them, keep an eye on them and make sure that you're not allowing your retail operation to get fat in the process. Thanks for listening. Good luck in your retail transformation and particularly for your war on eliminating waste from your retail operation. I'll look forward to seeing you next time. <laughs>